Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. I don't know if anyone remembers, but years ago, you used to sit down um, with, your, with your family or you'd sit down with your friends and you had really one movie streaming service uh, to, to select from and you'd, you'd pull up Netflix and you'd sit there for about 40 minutes trying to select a 20-minute show and you'd spend so much time trying to decide what to watch. But now I find a year later, it's about selecting which streaming service. I find it takes me 30 minutes to decide whether I'm going Apple Plus or um, if I'm going Stan, any Stan, I didn't think so. Um, and then all the different streaming services... And, and what I find is, is a lot of the time you intend to watch something, but because of the difficulty of making a choice, you spend a whole lot of time looking at trailers and reading blurbs, and uh, eventually you do, sometimes you pack it in and you play chess or something, and then it gets too difficult to make a choice. Um, also, especially if you're in a relationship here, if you're dating or married and it's time to go out for a meal and you have that conversation in the car, hey, where do you want to go? And then there's this really polite, oh, I'm so happy. Where do you want to go? I'm so easy as well. And you spend 40 minutes in the Krispy Kreme car park trying to decide where you're going to go for dinner. It's a very specific example. But <laughs> sometimes making choices can be very difficult. Making choices can be stressful. Um, but also making choices can be incredible. On the other side of good choices godly choices, there is a great blessing for you. There is great purpose for you. On the other side of great godly choices, there is fulfillment for you. Choices that bring you closer to God. Choices that are a blessing to your future, not just your present. I hope from this message now that you get empowered and encouraged to make some godly choices because choices are essential to walking with God and experiencing all that He has promised us in His Word. Can someone say amen? amen? All right, let's check out the Christmas story as we look at choices tonight. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It's going to come up on the screen. This is just a powerful passage. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child, of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." for he will save his people from their sins. Come on, we should make some noise for that. I think that's awesome. Praise God. Here we go, verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. I love this. The, the, this is a great, real quick version of the Christmas story for us. Of um, 
Joseph finding out that Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit and we're gearing up for Bethlehem. We're gearing up for the stable. We're gearing up for the gifts. And it, it, the Christmas story is just a beautiful story. And what it is, is it is, a, it is a picture. It is the telling of what God did to reach out to mankind. It is what God did to reach out to us and make a way for us to come into a relationship with Him. The story of Christmas is God's Son, God in a bod, coming to you and I. And unlike other religions, not to bring a message of what you need to do for God, but to bring a message of God has done something for you to bring you into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we needed Jesus in order for imperfect people to come into a relationship with a holy, sovereign, all-knowing, eternal God, we needed Jesus. We needed a perfect sacrifice once and for all, for all humanity, one time brought into, being given the opportunity to be brought into a relationship with God. John 14, verse 1 to 6, it's also going to come up on the screen. Love this, this is Jesus speaking. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, uh, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said this, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus coming to earth is the way that we get to God. Through the person of Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice, the finished work of Jesus on the cross, we can now step into a relationship with God, a one-time sacrifice for the sin of everybody. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So how do we receive? How do we receive this gift from Jesus to come into a relationship with God? Romans 10 verse 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on, let's make some noise. So good. All right. Praise God for Christmas, Jesus coming to the earth to be the way for us to get into a relationship with God, that if we would simply believe in our heart that Jesus died and rose again by the power of God and confess with our mouth that we would be saved, that we would receive salvation. Now, I want to speak on choices tonight because everybody in this room, you need to make a choice about your relationship with God. You need to make a choice about receiving salvation through Jesus. And praise God, you can make that choice today. Joshua 24 verse 14 says this, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve 
whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love this passage of Scripture. A, a, a picture painted of the differences there. You know, are you going to serve God or serve these other gods? And then Joshua saying, but as for me, my household, we will serve the Lord. I believe at every Christian nan's house, this verse is somewhere on a cotton cloth hanging somewhere. Praise God. But we need to choose. Who will we serve? Who is our God? I want to encourage you tonight that I've decided, I have decided that I will serve Jesus, that I believe in Jesus, that I believe in his death and resurrection on the cross, that I believe he's the only way to God. I've made that decision. And every day I wake up and make the choice again that, Lord, today I'm choosing you. I'm choosing to focus on you. God, today I'm choosing to serve you. I make the daily choice to follow Jesus. Just want to read one last scripture, Deuteronomy 30. This is a, a very interesting scripture. It says this in verse 11. Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. Here we go. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. That's two options, not one thing. Life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Um, you will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Verse 19, this day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Here's the funny part. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Come on. Verse 19, Moses presenting to the Israelites two choices and he tells them which one to choose, even though one is death and destruction and one is blessing and life. If I was there, I would have been like, thank you for that suggestion, Moses. I would have gone death. You know, like, it's like, is he actually asking that question? But he does. He says, I set before you life and blessing, death and curses. By the way, please choose life and blessing. And someone's like, but can I pick, you know, he picked. Here's why he did that. We don't always make the best choices. People don't always make the best choices. Even the Israelites having clarity presented to them, there was still the concern that they might not make the right choice. I wish every choice I made in my life was awesome, but all, those, my, all my choices haven't been. Just ask the Wreck-It Ralph tattoo on my leg. Just kidding. It's on my chest. What is important? Every choice you make is not going to be a good one. But what is important to note is that we get to make choices. We have free will. And we exercise that free will in choices and decisions, both big and small. I don't know if you know, but one of the great gifts that God has given us is free will. 
the ability to make choices. Good or bad, God has allowed us to make choices. Adam and Eve had free will in the garden. They could make choices. They made the wrong choice, but they had the choice whether to eat from the tree and disobey God or to obey God and not touch the tree. I remember being a kid and thinking, why would God give Adam and Eve that option? If he knew the outcome was bad, why even make it an option? Here's why. God giving man free will reflects his heart and nature and his intention for our relationship with him. He doesn't want us to have a relationship of I have to because there's not another choice. He wants us to have a relationship of I choose to because I love you. That, that kind of relationship cannot happen unless there's an ability to choose something else. When someone says to God, I love you, he wants them to mean it and for it to come from a place of wanting to. Otherwise, that's not love, that's control. And it's kind of like we're getting to Christmas time and this often happens at Christmas family do's, but it's like the kid that has to hug that obscure family relative. You know, come and give your Aunt Ethel a hug. And the kid doesn't have a choice not to. And so Aunt Ethel's there and, you know, uh, yeah, the breath smelling and all that stuff and the violet lipstick, all the stuff's happening and coming in for the cuddle. And the kid doesn't want to be a part of it, but he doesn't have a choice to. And we all know the kind of hugs you give when it's just like you're not really hugging and it's just like a lean. And uh, if Aunt Ethel gives the option and the kid says, Aisha, I will give you a hug. What a beautiful hug. He means it. There was a choice there. There was a desire to do that. God won't touch our free will because it would change the nature of our relationship with him. It would go from heavenly father to controller. But God gives us a choice where we can choose God out of love and reverence and thankfulness for who he is and what he's done. So good. So I think we're all pumped about the idea that God doesn't touch our free will. However, we generally complain about it all the time. We get to make our own choices and then when we eat the fruit of the choices we made of our own free will, we make it God's fault. So we don't look after the relationships in our life and we're just doing crazy stuff and maybe, you know, a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend decides to end the relationship and you're like, God, what are you doing? And God's like, mate, I've given you free will and with that free will, you made some bad choices. You're like, God, and you get really ticked or sometimes it's financial. You're spending all your money on afterpay, getting $2, 7-Eleven coffees and getting all the shoes and you just got, you got $800 Yeezys and then something comes up and you don't have the money and you get out in the street. God, where's your provision? And it's like, mate, you had free will. It's like when you, when you, of your own free will, decide to lead foot it through a red light and it flashes and you get a big bill and you're like, God, things are just happening to me. Bad things are happening. It's like, mate, if you lead foot it through a red light, you're going to get a ticket. That, that might have been for someone based on the reaction there. Um, here's what you need to know, church, is that you're not the only one who has free will as well. Everybody does. And usually when bad things happen, often we are observing free will in action. The free will of people who are by nature broken. The Bible tells us that by nature our desires are sinful. And often what we're observing in brokenness and pain and in things that happen in the world, we're observing man's free will in action. I don't know if you know this, but dentists don't condemn you to a life of bad teeth. 
The dentist is there to help and fix. The dentist sends reminders. But we need to say yes. We need to initiate with the dentist. We need to receive help from the dentist. We need to turn up to appointments. My dentist actually goes to our church, and I will rebook that check up. Um, But church, you need to know, God doesn't condemn us to a life of bad things in the same way a dentist doesn't condemn us to a life of bad teeth. If we're hurling our fists at the sky saying, God, why are bad things happening? I want to tell you, a lot of it happens by our own choices. God, like the dentist, he's there to help. He is the answer. He is the solution. He'll send reminders through his word, through preaching. He'll make himself available to you. But you've got to turn up to the appointments and receive what God wants to do. I've never heard, I've never heard anyone say, my teeth are so bad. I tell you, my dentist, he's the worst. I've never heard anyone say that. Or when you see someone else's teeth that are really bad and you go, mate, someone should talk to his dentist. <laughs> but usually when bad things happen, we like to say, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, why aren't you changing that? Pain breaks God's heart, but he has given us free will. He is not a controller. Now it is up to us to make great choices. What choices will you make exercising your God-given free will? Who will you choose to be? Who or what will you choose to serve? Our choices matter because they take us in a direction. Our choices influence who we are. Our choices influence who we're becoming. Our choices can take us toward God and salvation, and they can take us toward His plan and purpose for our lives. I want to speak really quickly in the time that I have left on three choices we all need to make. Choice number one is to make choices at all. You've got to choose to make choices at all. You know, sometimes going to a restaurant with a huge menu or, or, you know, trying to pick a movie to watch and you can't make those decisions, sometimes things like that start off as a funny inability, but it can become an unhealthy problem and most often an unhealthy fear, often as a result of previous bad choices or fear of what people will think of your choices. You need to understand, church, that our choices take us somewhere. Likewise, our lack of choices do also, and usually nowhere good. God's plan is that our lives would flourish and produce and be healthy as we make choices based on God's Word. Let's have a look at James 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from God. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. A couple of other translations say an indecisive man is unstable in all his ways. Another one says a man unsettled in his choices is unstable in all his ways. In the Greek, it means a man unsettled in his choices is unstable in all his ways. They're the same. Praise God. Church, indecision, indecision is a decision. To not make a choice is a choice. Sitting on the fence gives you a sore bum. God through his word, God through his word and his people wants to help you make choices because it's painful if you don't. I want to encourage us, be someone of conviction, firm faith and belief. Can I encourage all the Christians? Know what you believe. Get into the word. It'll help you make choices anchored in the word. Let your beliefs inform your choices. 
Here's why it's so important that our choice is based on God's word is because I know that my heart and my gut is not always the best thing. The Bible actually talks about our heart actually being something that can be unhealthy in decision making. We need to go to God's word. I've made a lot of decisions based on my heart and my gut feeling that have gotten me into a lot of trouble. Choices made according to God's word are what's best for your life. A lot of people, uh, this generation, so my generation, have a fear of making the wrong choices. And I want to encourage you, I would be too, if they're not anchored in anything. You've got to anchor your choices in the Word of God. I was on Instagram yesterday and I was scrolling through and someone my age posted something. They said, "Someone, this is for someone today, choose light today. And I thought, choose light? I thought, I was scrolling through and I was like, okay, I choose light. I was like there's a light. But I don't know what that meant, choose light. And I thought, yeah, it's probably some new age thing. And then I thought, what would happen if I went, you know what, today I choose light. And then I have the worst day ever. And I go back to that person. I say, look, I took your advice on Instagram. Today, I chose light. That person that you said this was for was me. I chose light. I had a terrible day. They'll go, I'm so sorry that, you know, choose light. It's just, you know, that's anchored in absolutely nothing. Do you know this generation, we make choices anchored in absolutely nothing. We'll do it in a sense on a number plate we saw. We'll do it on someone's post. This is for someone today. We make these random choices and then wonder why the outcome is not good. Can I tell you, there is something you can anchor your choices in, which is eternal, stood the test of time. It's God-inspired and it is proven to be fruitful and it's the Word of God. I want to encourage you, you can make great godly choices backed by the Word of God, but if you've got a fear of making choices and they're not anchored in anything, I would be worried too. So make sure your choices are informed by the Word of God. Come on. Choice number two, you've got to make. So number one, you've got to make a choice to make choices at all. Number two, you've got to make the choice to love people or not. You've got to decide to not live selfishly. You've got to decide to live with a purpose that's beyond yourself. You've got to decide to live to help and serve others. I love Galatians. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. A choice we should all make, church, is to make the choice to live, to serve others, to be focused beyond just our own wants and desires. Live a life where you've chosen to love others, out of your freedom, serving others. If you're feeling flat and purposeless and aimless, just ask yourself, how much of your life is about others? What, what happens when you're others-focused? Here's what happens. You regain healthy perspective of your own situation, of the world, of, of, of all the things happening in your life. When you serve others, you become more thankful. When you serve others, your purpose is bigger than yourself. When you serve others, you think long-term. When you serve others, your life has an impact. When you live to serve others, it motivates you to a greater personal health in all areas of your life. When you serve others, it pushes you toward God because when you serve others, it stretches your capacity. If you try to stretch your capacity you know, by yourself in your bedroom, it's not gonna happen. 
When you serve others, it shrinks your pride. It helps with your pride. When you serve others, you are being more Christ-like. Can I encourage someone here tonight, as you make the decision to wake up in the morning and you're believing to, in that day, bless someone, you watch as a sense of purpose comes, a sense of motivation comes, a sense of joy comes, a sense of thinking beyond just your needs. It is a powerful thing when you make a choice that, hey, I'm on the planet to build the kingdom of God by serving others. It is a powerful thing. And here's the thing, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. Because sometimes I don't feel like helping others, but it's a choice that I've made, and I wanna encourage you, make that choice as well. Choose to be like Jesus in how you love others. So we've gotta choose to make choices, we've gotta choose to love others, and the third one is, we've gotta make a choice about Jesus. We've got to choose Jesus. I'll just invite the worship team if they want to come and join me. But guys, God giving us this option says so much about Him. Despite God forming us, creating the earth, the stars, He lets us choose whether we have a relationship with Him, whether we come to Him and receive that relationship. Why does He do that? He wants to have you in a relationship with Him of love. God wants to have a loving relationship with you, not a controlling relationship with you. God is not a God that wants to control you. He's a God that wants to love you and help you step into the purpose of God for your life. So um, you probably picked it up before from Pastor Jared introducing me, but I, um, I've been born into a Christian family. So I've been raised in a Christian family and I've grown up in church all my life. Many of you have heard the story. I was, I was um, delivered in a church service, popped in an offering bucket, taken to the back for counting and I've been here ever since. And I grew up in church every Sunday doing a word sleuth about a Bible character, trying to find Zerubbabel in the word sleuth and doing a crossword. I got Nebuchadnezzar running down us 10 points and every service at church, hearing about God, hearing about the stories in the Bible. And you know what? It wasn't until I was, I was 15, about 15, where I was like, my parents have made a decision for our family. I haven't made a choice for me. And I was kind of riding this wave of I'm in a Christian family. I'm in a Christian family. I do Christian things. I've got that, I've got me nans, what was I talking about? The cloth in the room with all scripture. I was right into all that. But I had not made a choice about my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I was at a conference where someone preached about what Jesus did on the cross and it was a very simple message and the, the speaker had a big slab of concrete and he broke the slab of concrete into pieces and he invited each kid to come and collect a piece to be reminded that Jesus was broken for us so that we could be in a relationship with God and I still have that piece at home. And it's a constant reminder of the night that in an act of my free will, I made the choice to respond to God. God had already stretched out His hand by sending His Son to die for me. He had made the first move. Now it was my choice. Do I respond to God? Do I respond to what is available to me in Jesus and enter into a relationship with God? I chose to believe, to put my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and receive salvation. Church, there is no more important choice in your life then who is Jesus to you? There is no more important question in your life than where do you stand with God? 
They are the most important questions and the most important choices to make. And I want to encourage you, make tonight the night where in an act of your free will, not under control of God, not under my control, but under your free will, make a choice to receive the forgiveness and the free gift of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you from front to back, where do you stand with God at the moment? Do you know where you stand with with God the Creator? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Can I encourage you, leave here tonight sure that you are in a relationship with God, sure that you'll spend eternity with the Father, not wondering, not worrying, but saying, hey, I have made a choice to believe and put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.